This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning for however it applies for your Locked On Browns post-game show after the Ravens take down Cleveland 31-15 in the season in the home finale out in First Energy. Uh, your host, Jeff Lloyd, uh, Pete Smith from Browns Maven through SI.com. Your local experts on the biggest stories, Cleveland Browns-wise, for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Pete, they had a nice recipe early, you know, a recipe for an upset, even if it wasn't pretty Cleveland-wise. Obviously, extremely undermanned. Vernon not able to go today. Kendall Lamb, welcome back, Chris Hubbard. Uh, you know, we saw, we had talked on the pregame show, maybe you start to see some more Taki, Sioni Taki Taki to eliminate the run. And for 26, uh, maybe 27 minutes, even get the advantage early where, you know, you get a couple of, you know, calls from the officials and, you know, you get the ball to one and you're able to get a touchdown. Stop throwing the ball to Harris, whatever you do for God's sakes, whatever. I don't care if you pull one out of his ass, stop throwing the ball to Harris, but you get it to there, uh, you know. Unfortunately, you know, Seibert misses the extra point. Um, but you're to this point now, Pete, where it's almost 28 minutes and change. And you've held this Ravens offense without points. They've done a really, really great job. And then all of a sudden, you know, the head coach gets involved and starts getting a little cute. And all of a sudden, the boat's taking out a lot of water. Well, look, I mean, I, I thought, you know, I thought the the plan, the game plan Steve Wilkes had was effective. Um, I was frankly surprised because I didn't expect them to do much. Uh, and, you know, they, they, they put a lot of uh, linebackers on the field. Uh, and, you know, they, they, they basically said they were going to play forward and they were going to make uh, Lamar Jackson beat them And as a passer. And early on, he wasn't able to do that. Um, the Browns played sort of a little bit of off off coverage and had their DBs go forward. Um, they didn't trust too much in terms of an island, except maybe for Ward. Uh, but, you know, they, they, they tried to run the ball. It seemed like Lamar Jackson got flustered a little bit. Uh, he took tackles that, for whatever reason, he, he only seems to take against the Browns. They, they seem very good at being able to put him on the ground. Uh, that may be the fact that this is the second time playing him and they just played uh, Kyler Murray and they just, and they played Josh Allen, but you know, so many of these games, Lamar gets out of bounds or or slides and and avoids any contact and he just infuriates you in the same way Russell Wilson does. Uh, But, and he did that in certain, certain respects, but he also took some nasty hits um, that, that seemed to, to work and the Browns were able to get the ball back. And every time the Browns defense got the ball back uh, without giving up any points, it felt like a win. And after a while, it, you know, you start, you know, after a quarter, it was impressive. They hadn't given up any points. Um, and then it got, you know, close to the half and, and they seemed like they might be able to get there uh, offensively. You know, they, they, the Ravens did everything they could to take away uh, Nick Chubb as a runner. Um, and, and, and tried to make the Browns beat them uh, passing. You know, they do a lot of – the commentators were falling all over themselves to talk about uh, Wink Martindale's blitzing because they don't have a pass rush other than Matt Judon, um, and they really didn't do anything as a pass rush at all, really, uh, it, without 
heavy blitzing, and then they just allowed their guys on to play on islands, and the Browns were able to do some creative rub concepts and some other things to create opportunities. They put some guys on islands. Um, you know, there may be some questions with which guys they put on islands, but it was they had some interesting things going. And then they 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 had to take advantage of opportunities to score points. They got the one touchdown, uh, and and you know, the, the people can look at them as bailout calls. I mean, I thought <laughs> I thought they were all pretty fairly officiated. I mean, I was more annoyed at the the Stacey Treader hold that seemed like a straight block. Uh, mm-hmm. on the on the early run where they got a nice big gain and called it back. Uh, they got a touchdown. They didn't capitalize on the extra point. And it seemed like, you know, they had, you know, they, they get to that third and one situation where they're up 6-0. There's 209 left in the game. And then from that point on, it was just a, a disaster. You have the league leading rusher, and I, and I get it that the Ravens were, were defending him reasonably well, but it was one yard. I mean, you could have theoretically – handed it to him twice and you're set up like you could have done that. And then you, you, you try to do some misdirection thing where you hand the ball to Kareem Hunt laterally, who's attempting to pass, who gets tackled for a loss of, I believe eight. Uh, then you have to punt it away. Um, they, you know, at that point you get that first down, there was a pretty good chance you were going to go into the, the locker room, you know, at halftime six zero with all these questions being asked about, you know, the Ravens and, and, you know, were they, you know, was this just an off week? They've been on a roll so much or were they going to, you know, did the Browns actually have something figured out? Because they've, they've at that point had played them better than any team in the league defensively uh, between the two games. And then, you know, they, 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 they have the ball back. They get two plays to go 63 yards and score the touchdown in, in a large part due to a defensive breakdown. Um, and the Browns decide to be try to be aggressive with it, throw three times against the team without any timeouts at that point. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, they – they, I, I think Freddie Kitchen just grossly misjudged his team at, in that moment. He uh, – I, I think he did not – notice or understand that his defense was sort of reeling in that moment uh, as they were sitting there over, you know, finger pointing to figure out what's going on. And I don't think they were in a position to go right back out there. The Ravens were, you know, confident, feeling confident at that point. And, you know, had, had he run the ball once on that drive, you know, I, I get it may not have allowed the Browns to score, but they had timeouts, uh, but the Ravens couldn't. Theoretically, couldn't they? They went far more shorthanded. They they scored in 46 seconds on the second drive, and it just felt like the Browns, uh, you know, it, their head coach essentially killed the game for them. You know, they 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 they're they're missing so many guys. They have so many guys playing hurt that it felt like they needed so much to go right. And for that 27 minutes and 51 seconds, they had most of it going right. And you know, the head coach basically threw it all away, gave away all, any and all control of the game. And instead of talking about what was wrong with the Ravens and, you know, look at what the Browns are doing, it was how incompetent does this head coach have to be to sort of give up two touchdowns in, under the two-minute warning without any timeouts. And, you know, it, it's hard. It, that, that, that series of events is really hard to get past. 
and if you're trying to talk yourself into another year of this, and I don't see how anyone does it, um, I, you know, I, I just, I, I don't see how you're, you get past that if you're, you're Freddie Kitchens. Well, and again, there's things for me, and you know, I always talk about this. It's, it's never take the ball if you win the toss. Uh, granted, you were able to flip the field. Doesn't matter. Um, you know, you have your scouting report all week long. Would let the first drive play out for the other team. Wherever you get the ball, it's gravy. You should be confident in your first drive. I hope so. You spent a week doing it. If you're getting the ball coming out of the half, you've now got the in-game scattering report. So, you know, granted, you don't have a lot of time, but you should be able to find a wrinkle or two where you think you should have success coming out of the locker room. The hunt play, again, this is this goes back from, you know, Dontrell Hilliard throwing an interception last year, not even having a carry. Don't get too freaking cute. Don't do it. Um, then even still though, look, I mean, the busted coverage, it's going to happen. Um, you know, a lot of guys out there still getting familiar. Um, like we've mentioned many times, you're playing now your sixth and your seventh safety on your roster. These things are going to happen every now and then, but these guys are still over there. Everybody's pointing fingers. Who was wrong? Who was right? That is what it is. But you know, now you get out here and I guess it was, you know, probably a minute and chain, probably a minute and 25 or so, whatever it was. And if nobody wants to chase points before the half, I mean, Freddie looks at points before the half the way I look at beer and chicken wings. He gets so freaking excited about it, he loses the absolute focus of the game. This was evident in the Seattle game. And this is what we talk about with guys. Can they change? Can they learn? He's not. He's not learning from it. Oh, well, I was going to give the ball. I'm going to score real quick, give the ball back to him, get it again and score again. It's Russell Wilson, dummy. The point is to get the ball out of his hands. If he's going to sit for 25 minutes without taking a snap, that is the best possible thing that can happen to you. There's no difference between that and Lamar Jackson. So you get out there. Okay, that's fine. Even if you want the hint of maybe I can steal a field goal and make this 9-7 because we are going to the friendlier end of the stadium and, you know, the goalpost to attempt the field goal. All right, come on out, four wide, give the ball to Hub. I mean, give the ball to Chubb, give the ball to Hunt. If they get you 15, 20 yards, okay, that changes everything. Now maybe we're going to play for a field goal. Don't throw it. Throw it again. Throw it again. You've got a defense reeling now because they had done such a good job, and they didn't have – they're not sure if they – you know, when when it cracks against this Ravens offense, it opens wide the hell up. Like you saw today, they essentially scored a point a minute for the final 31, 32 minutes of the game. So you get them right back out there on the field. Their confidence is a little bit shaken. They're a little bit wary. They come down. They run it right down your throat again. Pete, he kind of, he tries to be cute. He tries to be the smartest guy in the room. And when his initial one doesn't work out, he tries to double down on it. And, and, and that's where, and you would, we, we had mentioned this a little earlier. Me and Pete were talking a little earlier. And Pete's like, he puts them in bad positions, you know, to, you know, basically sets them up to lose. And this, it's, these are prime examples of this. And there's still one more we're going to get to a little bit later. So yeah, I mean, if you're if you're a rookie head coach and you're you're trying to figure this out, I mean, the best thing you can do for yourself, you don't have to be you know, the greatest coach in the world, but you have to at least be able to say you're doing no harm. And it felt like that situation, he actively put his team in harm's way and and killed his team. And I, I know a lot of these people are saying, well, look at because I I I, I believe Steve Wilkes may have had a masterpiece if not for Freddie Kitchens. I, you know, at some point, the Ravens were going to get something going. But the fact that they held, you know, held back that sort of wall of water that long was impressive to me. 
And I won't be surprised if teams come back and look at this film and the previous film and go, what is Steve Wilkes doing that's sort of enabling them to fluster Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, even so long as they are. Uh, but uh, you actively put your team in harm's way, and 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 I and as much as they're going to play hard because they do, um, I, I I I can't help but feel like that had a carryover effect. You know that they it, it, it had to be sort of a you know take the wind out of them a little bit and. I just it's hard to imagine that if the Browns came out of the half up six to zero, that it wouldn't have been a bit a better product. It, you know, they may you know the Ravens may have ultimately come back and won because they are so talented and, and so efficient on offense generally, but they wouldn't have had that confidence they sort of built up. They wouldn't have had sort of a blueprint to work it out and, and they wouldn't have you know, a lead at that point. They would still be in a process where they're figuring out. And, it, 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 you know, if they score coming out of the second half like they did, you know, it, at that point it's 7-6 to six, or maybe it's 14-6. to six. And instead it's 21-6. to six. And it's just this massive hole the Browns really aren't built to, to be able to get out of right now. Uh, or I, I, not built, but uh, haven't executed that way. And to me that, that you know, to, that – Two minutes and nine seconds is the game. There's no getting around. That is that was the football game. Everything else after that is largely window dressing and, and, and you know explains how the game sort of got out of control. But that was the game, and Freddie Kitchens blew the game. Uh, it's hard not to argue with that. We'll get to a little bit more here. Uh, Pete Smith, Jeff Lloyd, your post game locked on Browns. If you're looking for a last minute fun sports gift for the holidays. Go to breaking.com, breaking.com slash locked on, breaking tea, breaking tea bakes, uh, sports t-shirts around their team's proudest and most passionate moments. Great for all fans. Go to breaking.com slash locked on, and then feel free to search the site for great search and fun sports gifts for the sports fan in your life. Thanks to all the fine folks over at Breaking Tea. So, Pete, you get into that situation, and this is one I, I just wanted to add here as well is, is is the fourth down, the fourth downs. Are we going for it or are we not? A lot of it is just sitting around, muddled. Look, either have the stones to do it or just go ahead, punt it, go ahead, kick the field goal. It's, you know, it's like he wants to, but maybe he doesn't have confidence. Well, either way, make a decision, and that's you can't you can't half-ass it. You're either all in or you're not. Uh, so the first one was a fourth and five one where they had 12 guys on the field and they basically called timeout and then basically thought better of it. I didn't have a huge problem with that. Um, given the situation, I, I agree with your premise. Uh, I think, I don't think you want to put in your situation where you're saying, you know, you're, you're basically deciding, you know, within the play clock as it's going, you're going for it. It's one of those things where you want to make that decision on third down or earlier so you can apply and accordingly. Um, and, and there are times when it's looked like that's been done. And then there are times, and I think there were a couple times in this one where it looked like they, they weren't sure. Uh, and, and I don't, you know, obviously you want, uh, you want to be sure not only so you can get your guys lined up and prepared, but you also want to do it from a confidence standpoint. You don't want to sort of 
meander into that decision because it's, you know, potentially a game-changing decision. I mean, obviously, you know, in general, going forward on fourth down is a smarter gamble than not, but you actually want to send the message to your team that you, you know, that you believe in it, believe in it, and you're not sort of coming to this conclusion like you're unhappy with it and you're sort of settling on it. So I agree with the idea that you, you always want to be ready to go. You want to be prepared so you can make the calls accordingly. Um, you know, because obviously the Ravens had the same situation where they, they called down, called the timeout on fourth and three and went for it and picked it up. So it's not the end of the world to call timeout in those situations because you want to make sure you have the right player, the right decision. But I, but I think, again, it points to a, a questionable process that has to be cleaned up. The thing that just drives me nuts is that for, you know, again, for 27 minutes and 51 seconds, the Browns were the more prepared, more well-coached, more well-executing team. They were also more disciplined. Penalties and all those things Yep, uh, they had like three fourth-down penalties the Ravens did, yep. Yeah, and they, were, they weren't like close. Like I, I, even the commentators like arguing against the idea that it was catchable ball. So now Beckham, he almost touched it with his hand without jumping, um, let alone what he's actually able to do. Like they were, they were drawing penalties in the way that you're, you know, you're, you're, you're hoping to draw penalties that you're dangerous enough that they feel like they have to. Um, and they were able to take advantage. I didn't feel like any of those were like a break. I just felt like those were, were penalties. Um, so yeah, that, that was, you know, again, had the Browns gone into the half six to zero, I think that would have been a big takeaway that, you know, whether you believe in Freddie Kitchens or not, and, you, and you're saying, man, he, he's our guy. You're saying it doesn't matter to me what happens in this game. I think, you know, I, I don't think he's the guy. You could have at least said at that point, wow, you know, the, the, at least in this moment, at least for this first half, the Browns were prepared, had the right mindset. It was a division rival against somebody they'd beaten against a team that was fighting for home field throughout the playoffs. And they came in and they looked like the more prepared team, if they, even if they were more, you know, they were outclassed in terms of talent. I mean, I, I, I can't say enough about effort from guys like Brian Cox Jr., Justin Burris, Sione Takitaki, and some of the other guys, Sheldon Richardson, uh, you know, Joe Schobert, all those guys that just play their asses off. Like Brian Cox Jr. in particular, he has no seemingly apparent athletic skill at all, but he just does stuff. Like he chases down Lamar Jackson for a pressure that looks like he's running about 20 yards to get around, uh, uh, to get around uh, their left tackle, Ronnie Staley. And he makes the hit. And some of those other things where it's just they, they, they had a lot of guys out there that probably aren't like good enough football players and you certainly wouldn't want them starting, but they are a far more likable group than some of the players, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, the Browns have run out there this season, just in terms of like how bad they want to be successful and they don't get caught up in little crap and they're just out there to do their job and that stuff like Again, I came into this game thinking the Browns were going to get their ass kicked, and ultimately that is what happened. Um, but for that, you know, they had me believing in them and sort of really rooting for them, those guys in particular, just because they, there was this element of we don't care who this team is. We're just going to go out there and we're going to do our job, and, and it's going to put us in a position to, to make plays and win the game. And for a while, 
you know, they had that. And again, I think ultimately maybe talent wins out and the Ravens find a way, but man, they were just guys who made it fun to sort of watch this team play football. And again, I think it's where I, I disagree with a lot of people. I think Steve Wilkes has done a better job than he's sort of gotten credit for better than he deserves. And, you know, if the Browns do move on, he's probably going to move on with them. But I, I, I do think he did a far better job than he will ever get credit for here. Uh, I agree with you there. So now we take you through a little bit to the third quarter. Obviously got to 21 to six. Ultimately it gets to 24 to nine. Pete, they put together a fantastic drive. Uh, you know, Odell catches one, Jarvis Landry with a huge reception, you know, uh, 30, 30 yards and change. Ricky Seals Jones gets him down to the one. Now here's, there's a number of factors here. You're at the one. Okay. What's your focus? What are you doing? Okay. All of a sudden we haven't run the ball all day. We're going to try to commit to the run here. None of it works. Uh, you know, Nick Chubb getting stuffed. So now you got essentially, I guess it was fourth and goal for maybe, I, I want to say it was a six. Baker runs around for his life. Luckily, there was a penalty. Ends up going out of bounds. Okay, that's fine. You get you get four more cracks at it here. You get the touchdown to Odell. Okay. Scores now 24-15. We're down nine, Pete. Nine. Any sheet you look at with the time on the clock. Okay. Kick the field. We kick the extra point here. We're down eight. We're still in this. Get me a stop. Let's run it back. I don't care about the play. I don't care about what happened on the play. Yes, maybe Ricky Seals-Jones should have caught it. You should not be going for two there, Pete. You have a chance to keep it a one-possession game. Why are you going for two? Um, I, I'm assuming it's because they basically said, well, you missed the last one, and, and sort of basically said we're not going to let him miss another one. Um, I, yeah, it's tough, really tough. It's 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 the 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 um, success on a extra point made a one score game, and the success on a two point made a one score game. So that's one of those things where you can get caught looking too far ahead by chasing after points there, and I think that's what happened because they ultimately would get that. Uh, they, you know, they ultimately were able to mount another scoring drive, but you know, it basically didn't matter anymore. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. I thought it was a, a curious decision. Now, what's frustrating is obviously the fact that it hit the dude in the hand and he should have caught it. Yes. Um, but but I agree. The decision was, was, was a poor one. Look, you're gambling with your coaching life. You're gambling with your job right there. Um, and, yeah, look, I mean, if it works out, yeah. I mean, by the hair of your ass, okay, all right, I get it. But even still, though, if he had scored again, you're going to take, hopefully you're going to kick the extra point and tie it. I mean, I just, I just don't get it. And this, I don't know what led to him in the Odell thing, Pete, but this obviously doesn't help Freddie at all where his two highest offensive paid players now each week have tried to take him to task on the sidelines. That's certainly not helping things. Look, the fact that the defense fell apart from there and look, the Justice Hill touchdown run after Redwine got hurt. I hope it's nothing serious because I mean, you know, I, I don't know who's going to play safety after that. Uh, Pete, I hope you're in shape enough because I'm a little older, so it ain't going to be me. And then it all fell apart from there. I mean, yeah, you, you understand every second of it. But, but it's, it's, I mean, Pete, this is how many things we're questioning here today, whether it's the taking the ball, whether it's the, the Kareem Hunt run play on third and one, whether it's chasing the points, whether it's the not knowing whether or not you really want to go for it on fourth down or not. It's the two-point conversion. This is just one day. 
this is just one game. I, I just, I mean, in, in, look, I put out the tweet. Yeah, I'm done. I can't. I cannot possibly fathom or find you one reason how you could possibly think that this man is going to get any better. Look, it, it could po- it, it maybe in the slimmest of margins. But you look at possible head coaches who are going to be available this offseason. You cannot in any way tell me you have any faith in this guy to get it done next year. I, I just don't see it. And whether it's, you know, hampering your own defense, hampering your own team, basically spinning the wheel on some of the most important decisions, all of it, it's just infuriating. Oh, look, it can Freddie Kitchens get better? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm not going to say he can't. I'm just, I think the question is, does better matter enough? I mean, is that going to, is that going to, make enough of a difference where you're going to feel good about it. And, you know, even if he's, let's say he's a, he's a far better coach next year. Every time he makes a a mistake, are we not going to be revisiting, you know, all the ridiculous mistakes he's made? Um, And I I doubt it. And that's not fair. I don't think that's reasonable, but that's unfortunately sort of the reality here, but I, I, I just the stuff that was supposed to get better during the year just just hasn't enough. There are things that have gotten better. I, I think organization-wise, in terms of what they are trying to do, I do think it has gotten better. I know a lot of people are still, still looking at him as a bungling idiot. Um, but uh, just it's just not good enough. And, and there are too many things where I'm, you know, we're sitting here every every week, or almost every day, going, "What is this?" Like, you know, there, there's just such a an element of keep it simple, stupid with some of this stuff, where he's making it way more complicated than it needs to be, and he, and he does himself such a disservice. And that's that's really what's going to, I think, undo him on this is that because that's really at the heart of that two minutes and nine seconds. It's, it's even, you know, the, the, the best intentions uh, paving their way to hell are also going to pave Freddie Kitchen's way to the unemployment line. It's just whatever he may mean to want to do, it, it, it just turns to shit. So I, I just, it's really hard to think that that you know, the, the, if you're looking at this and going, how many games did the head coach, you know, cost this team? Um, I think this is absolutely one of them. Even if they would have ultimately lost, the, the the conversation coming into this game is entirely about the head coach. Whatever whatever else you want to say, you know, mistakes Mayfield is making, you know, some of the others, Demarius Randall, all those things. You're still coming away and you're going, what is this? And, and, and you know, I, I haven't had a chance to watch the, the post-game press conference, but I, I just, I just, I'm just curious if the first, you know, several questions weren't basically, what? And what are you doing? And then basically saying, you go ahead and take it from here. Because I, I don't know, it, it's, it's, it's really hard. Like, the bigger the game, the weirder some of the decisions make. And again, it's, there are things where you're sitting there going, man, this would have been, could have been a really big building block, if not for the coaching staff and just for the players, because there's so many young guys on this team 
rookies and, and undrafted free agents and all these guys trying to get figure it out and the head coach got in the way and, and, and gummy gummied up the work gummed up the works to the point where it made it virtually unwinnable. Yeah, and and honestly, it sh- if we're talking about a, a rookie head coach and a first-time head coach in any level, it should be more of, well, guys, look, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's keeping it conservative. Look, he's not really been here before. And not by the, you know, look, I'm the smartest man in the room. I mean, that's that's the part that I find it egregious. It should be more of a, you know, where he plays with an emergency break mentality because it is new to him. And he's trying to do everything he can to make it, you know, keep his team in it for the full 60 minutes. But no, not so much here. Uh, one more thing to get to here. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, post game, locked on Browns, Ravens. 31, Browns, 15. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both bounce and sink. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash locked NFL, all caps, and using locked NFL, all caps at checkout. Terms and conditions may apply. If you can't visit Casper right now because you're behind the wheel of the car, you can find this and all our other offers from our Lockdown sponsors at LockdownPodcast.com slash offers. Pete, and now you, and Cincinnati messing around, trying to win a game here, quite, quite, quite interesting. Um, the incidents with Odell and the hampering of the offense, and you put in this coaching stuff, in, in, in the stuff as far as, you know, the offense, which is always supposed to be the calling card. And then again, here for today with out so many key players and the D's doing everything they can do. It's got, it's got to be a foregone conclusion that you really, you can't go forward unless essentially you're going to bring in assistant head coach, which means Freddie's neutered, but it's just so discouraging to see because they, 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 they play hard and, and they're trying to get it right. And then you, know, like you said, and the mistakes and uh, putting them in the bad position, you know, bad situations. And look, you know, I kind of had a feeling, Nick wasn't going to get his today. And, you know, the Ravens, you know, they know why they lost that first matchup. So if they were going to lose today, it was going to be because they committed everything to Nick Chubb and it still didn't work. Um, But again, Baker, 20 for 33, 192, very underwhelming. Um, You know, the interception where they got the the penalty early. Look, I I don't blame them on the, on the fourth down throws for whatever. Um, The one, you know, look, uh, you know, Maybe he should have ran away from the pressure as opposed to the last interception when he's trying to go to Odell. The players aren't stupid. They can kind of see the writing on the wall and they kind of realize when their day is done. But this offense, Pete, was better week 16, week 17 last year by a lot, by a much bigger margin than it is here now one full calendar year later. I'm sorry, what was the end of that? No, but the offense, it's it's been a year now with Freddie. And this offense one year ago was extremely better than where it currently is now. And it's you just can't. It, it, it's it's gotta be done. Well, so I, I, I don't disagree. And where was the Joku today? Well, that's its own question. Um the the, the inability to practice um, for Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham because of the injuries they've been dealing with since the summer, which are 
need questions, require questions that we're never going to get answers to in a time that matters. Um, well, Odell's already scheduled to see somebody January 10th. So, I mean, obviously we know there's something there. Um, but even still, though, I mean, to Jarvis's credit, it, it really hasn't shown up as much on game days nearly as much as it has for Odell. No, but he misses a lot of practices. Yep. He's limited in a lot of practices because he's dealing with this hip issue. And, and Landry's or, uh, Beckham's been dealing with the, the, the groin issue. I mean, it's hard to be crisp when guys can't practice and they don't have the bank banking of reps that they, they need. And, and, you know, obviously Landry and, and, and Baker are better, but it's really hard to be a crisp offense when so many guys can't practice. And that's, that's just the nature of the beast. And it, it's really hard to be effective that way. And I think um, the way that things have gone with Njoku and, and the bad luck there, and then now you've got questions over these last couple of weeks, you know, is, is this a harbinger of things to come or is this, you know, is this, you know, can this be worked through or, or whatever, but your, your offense relative to who was on the field this time last year was no. I mean, I mean it's just the, the, no one was, no one was playing, no one's practicing that it was last year. And that, that hurts. And I'm, that's not to excuse kitchens and Munkin and all those guys, because I think those are absolutely problematic, but the one group that is able to consistently practice and get better or at least were, obviously J.C. Treader has missed a bunch of practice lately, has been the interior, the off- well, the offensive line in general, I would say the interior more so, and Nick Chubb. And those two parts look great. And, and part of that is I think they're well coached. I think James Campen and, and Stump Mitchell have, have, have been helpful in that respect. And I, and I don't think Baker Mayfield has gotten coached well, and, and the receivers just aren't available. You have the situation with Higgins. You've got the, you're, you're running out these guys that may or may not have very many reps, and it's just the whole thing looks discombobulated. So from the the standpoint of, uh, you know, the, the, the idea that can, can you know continuity would be helpful, it would in the sense that these guys need to rep. Now, whether that matters in terms of what offense they're repping at this point is is, is its own question, but they need to actually be able to work time together. And I think a lot of people are going to attribute this to the summer and say Odell Beckham, you know, not being able to do all the stuff you you should have been done, but it, you can't miss effectively like every practice. Uh, And that's not a commentary on Beckham. The injury sucks. I mean, you talk to players who deal with it. I mean, it's the type of thing where, you know, you sneeze and it drops you to a knee. Um, because it's just so incredibly painful, but the, the lost reps, the lost ability to practice and, and, and work on timing and those things absolutely has a factor. And I think it's hurt everybody on this offense and that doesn't excuse them for their own mistakes. I mean, Beckham's dropping balls, Baker Mayfield's making poor decisions and poor throws on some of this stuff, but it all plays a part. And that's why it's just all snowballed into this just disaster of a season. I mean, the, the, the guy that the Browns, everybody thought that, that Mayfield had the best connection with was Richard Higgins. And they were clicking all summer long, and then he gets hurt, and, and he's basically gone at that point. And, you know, there, there's just none, not enough of that stuff. And that's really been a factor. And I think 
again, all plays a role in why it's gone so bad. Uh, yeah, and, and the other thing that was is when Higgins was good and he's back. I mean, you know, it's almost like, well, you know, at least give Baker the constant in his life. I don't know. Very, very strange handling. And for those who don't think John Dorsey's got some influence there, the guys, uh, Olivier Vernon, um, if I see one more person call him <laughs> the female body part in that region and, and call Olivia Vernon that because he couldn't go. My God, people, stop. Just stop. The guy would have loved to gone. The trainers look at you. If you can't go, you can't go. They're not going to let you go. It's just the way it works. It's crazy, the thing on injuries. And let's not forget, you know, look, Miles Garrett, He was he's his own reason why he wasn't out there. Yeah, it would have been great to have these guys today. Would have been great to have him down the run. You don't. But, um, you know, to rip on one player because he's injured while the other player lost his mind, can't have it. Just just can't have it. One thing, and I haven't gotten to this, and I've had it in notes for some post-game shows. Pete, Kaderil Hodge, he's, look, I mean, guys who can just say, you know, I understand what my role is, and 95% of his special teams, dude is just fun to watch. Do this, track punts, track kicks. Dude's got stones. Love to watch him. Well, I mean, he, you know, they have this, like, group of guys where you, it's very easy to root for them. Um, you know, Kadero Hodge is one of them. Uh, some of his reps at receiver can be frustrated, but just in terms of a guy who goes out there and plays every, you know, every down like it might be his last and, and takes pride in something. Like, it's awesome to watch guys, you know, get excited after making plays on special teams. Like, those fire up teams. That, that fires up a team because, you know, it's not a thing a lot of people want to do, and especially the way the NFL is going. Uh, and, and, and special teams are going. So to have guys that can do those type of things, they're willing to jump in there and make it a point of pride is awesome. So, yeah, I mean, Kadero Hodge is an easy guy to root for. Uh, you know, they, they have some guys like that that are really enjoyable. It's just a shame that so much of the team is so unlikable uh, for, for various reasons, um, you know, that, that you do have these guys that you feel like, can, can make, you know, the Browns better. And, and if they can do some of the things they need to address, then then they'll be better for it. But the problem is they, they there's such a disconnect between the guys who, who, those guys and the guys who are expected to be great and aren't or are suspended or whatever, that you're sitting here and just so irritated with this team all the time. It can be easy to miss some, some of those little things. No, I you... – it's, it's tough. It's frustrating. And guys, this is what makes the post games fun because it's coming straight from from it. And the wins bring out of a lot of emotion of good. The losses obviously bring this here. Pete, uh, anything else from today that you didn't get to? You want to throw up? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think it was just another example of why Demarius Randall won't be here next year. I don't that that, that that second one to Andrews was just, oh, my good God. I mean, try. Do something. Tackle him in the end zone. Do something to show me you're giving an effort. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll be back. Um, you know, this is just the latest reason. I think he's a, he's a roller coaster player. When things are going well, he's he's great. And when things go badly, he, uh, he seems like a guy who's going to pout um, and go, take it to a bad place and, and be negative on the field. I, I, I know he's not where they want him to be yet, but I, I really like watching Sione Taki Taki play football. Um, 
I'm hoping that kid can figure it out in coverage because, man, he gets after it. And please, God, change your number. Or play fullback. One of the one of the two. You either have to. Well, play if they didn't use him, if they didn't use him enough at linebacker, maybe let him play fullback. Um. <laughs> yeah, you have him play both, but that's the only way you can wear forty-four. Otherwise, you look like a high school kid. And even if you were playing Mike Backer, that'd be like high school kid from the eighties and nineties. You know, Mike Backer slash fullback going through the hole. But it's just so bizarre watching some of these guys make plays and, and with forties on their back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. Although it was the uh, bomb number back in the day. He is Pete Smith. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith. Check out everything at Browns Maven on Twitter uh, through SI.com. Anything Cleveland Browns wise, Pete and his team's got you covered over there. Uh, show itself at Locked on Browns, all lowercase. DMs are always open. Always a follow back account. You know that me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs always open. Anything you guys want in the show here. Um, look, it is the holiday week. We'll do our best to get you everything as normal. Uh, the network has said, you know, we don't need to go as heavy, but you know, you guys know this is my break. This is my escape away. And especially with this holiday season is going to be a little different here and uh, difficult. So to any chance to get you guys some episode where we get to talk some ball, we'll try to do it. Got Cincinnati here. Congratulations, Cincinnati Bengals. You are now on the clock. Joe Burrow, you're going home, young man. Do your best in the uh, college football playoffs. Um, but, uh, Probably back to Cincinnati is where you are headed um, tonight. Um, obviously, first night of Hanukkah to uh, so to Pete and I's favorite rabbi, Jared Mueller, uh, Lahayim. <laughs> everybody, uh, you know, as we start to roll through here the holiday week, I wish everybody the uh, obviously the happiest and you know the healthiest of the holiday season. Enjoy, appreciate you all for being here. Obviously, not the end result. Six and nine currently, not nice anyway whatsoever. But this is where we're at. Bengals coming on up. We'll get to everything we can here for you this week. Uh, you know, try to give you guys some great content. Ball week coming. I hate to say it, but uh, lots of prospects, folks to be watched, um, offensive tackles, things of that nature. So, guys, uh, enjoy your week. Uh, you know, we'll try to do, we'll do our best to get you everything we can here and try to keep you as much as a uh, normal pace, normal rhythm that you're accustomed to here on the show. <clears throat> but again. Thanks for everybody that's always along for the ride. We appreciate it. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.